I'm feeling excited this morning because it's Pentecost Sunday and we're talking about one of my favourite things, the Holy Spirit. So today we are going to pause and remember that Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to empower us, his followers. I have a very dear friend who used to go to a church and she just loved the community, but she really struggled with their theology because they didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit for today. So believed all the stuff about the Holy Spirit in the Bible, but they thought that we need to wait for Jesus to come again in all his glory in order for us to experience the Holy Spirit in a personal and supernatural way. And when I found that out, I felt really sad I felt this deep sense of grief and loss for all that they're missing out on. Because for me, the Holy Spirit is one of the best parts of being a Christian. Christianity without the Holy Spirit is like this beautiful, delicious stack of pancakes without the maple syrup. Or a toasted cheese sandwich without the cheese. And I've had some of those because I've gone through periods of fasting cheese. And let me tell you this, tomatoes do not melt like cheese. Tomatoes get hot and soggy. And you need the cheese in order to experience the melty goodness The Holy Spirit is the way that... (laughs) Okay, cheese. Who's who's all about the cheese this morning? (laughs) Oh, me too. I just love it. It's straight from heaven. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is the way that we experience God's goodness, not just in our minds, but in our hearts, in our bodies, and in our emotions. The Holy Spirit's the best gift that Jesus ever gave us. So for those of you who are new to the Bible story, after Jesus was crucified and rose again, Acts 1 tells us that he appeared to his disciples for a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. So he was teaching them and he was preparing them for for what was ahead. And then he tells them that something really exciting is coming. He says this, wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I just love that he gives them a sense of anticipation and excitement there. It's like when I go away on a trip without the kids, I always say to them, wait till you get home from school and check under your pillow. I've left you a gift under there and it's wild excitement. And so they race home, check under their pillow, find a bar of chocolate and have huge celebrations and forget all about the fact that mum's not home. (laughs) Jesus says this in Acts, you will receive Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So Jesus was here, and then he was gone, and then he was here again, and then he was gone again. So the disciples are probably feeling a bit sad and a bit confused, but they will remember what he said to them. And we can read it in John 16. He said this, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying, If I stay here, you won't get the Holy Spirit. But if I go, you'll get the Holy Spirit, and that's actually better for you. I think if I never came home from my trip, one chocolate bar under the pillow probably wouldn't cut it. But here, Jesus is actually saying, this is better, because this is the Spirit of God. And instead of the disciples having to be in the same room with Jesus, in the flesh with Jesus in order to talk to him, 
The Holy Spirit can be everywhere all at the same time. The Holy Spirit's with Sharon right now. The Holy Spirit's with Elise. The Holy Spirit's with Luke. The Holy Spirit can be with every disciple, every believer, every seeker, and every one of us. And that's why it's the best gift that Jesus could have given us. So the disciples waited and they trusted and they prayed. And then in Acts 2, we see what happened. It tells us this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then we see the disciples' ministry explode. They started to preach with power. They started to perform signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. They were empowered and the church grew. So fast forward more than 2,000 years and here we are, the body of Christ. We are God's church and that same spirit is available to us. N.T. Wright says this, The Spirit is given so that we, ordinary mortals that we are, can ourselves be in a measure what Jesus himself was, part of God's future arriving in the present, a place where heaven and earth meet, the means of God's kingdom going forward. The Spirit is given, in fact, so that the church can share in the life and continuing work of Jesus himself. So we're not meant to do this Christian life all on our own. The Holy Spirit isn't an optional extra. He's vital and he's for all of us. We don't need to be perfect. We don't need to be free of mistakes and failures. Think about the disciples. You've got Peter, who's always saying the wrong thing. You've got Thomas, who's constantly questioning and challenging and pushing back. You've got James and John, who are known as the sons of thunder because they had bad tempers and they were always exploding. These guys are just like us. They don't always get it right. In fact, they normally get it wrong. But these are the people that were in the upper room when Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit. So let's let their humanity remind us that the Holy Spirit is for all of us. We don't need to be super Christians in order to have the Holy Spirit. Joel chapter 2 verse 28, God says this, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So it's regardless of sex. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. It's regardless of age. Even on my servants, I will pour out my spirit in these days. It's regardless of background or rank. It's for everyone. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do do what Jesus did. Jesus ministered. He defeated the powers of sin and death. And then he tagged in the Holy Spirit like a giant 80s WWF tag team partner. And he says, church, it's you now. It's you. So continue to minister, empowered by my Spirit, until I come again. And I know some of us this morning are probably thinking, that all sounds great, but I don't feel empowered by the Spirit. I don't feel the presence of God. I don't even think I have the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, especially today, because if you've opened your heart to Jesus, if you've invited Him in, if you've humbled yourself and softened your heart, you have the Holy Spirit. You can't have Jesus and not have the Holy Spirit. Maybe you haven't had a giant supernatural encounter, but you have the Holy Spirit alive in you and you can trust in that.
It might be really easy to notice when the Holy Spirit does big things because you see people, you know, laughing or, you know, swinging from the chandeliers or shaking or falling over. But sometimes it can be really hard to notice the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. But he's got so many jobs. He's constantly multitasking. It's the Holy Spirit that encourages us, that stirs up our passion, softens our heart and moves us to tears. Often when we're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we just feel like crying and we're not sure why. We recently took the Bay Kid Intermediate Kids to a conference day and one of our sons started crying during the first set of worship and continued to cry all day and he didn't know why, but he was overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. And it was just beautiful seeing God soften his heart in this way. The Holy Spirit refines us. He realigns our thinking. He rebukes us if we're going off track. He unlocks scripture to us and he gives us a nudge so we can step out in faith and be empowered to do that. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us wisdom, knowledge, a special language. And sometimes when I don't know what to pray, because I'm at my wits end or I'm anxious or I'm overwhelmed, I just pray in tongues and it's this beautiful language that the Holy Spirit can give us. And I have no idea what I'm praying. And sometimes I feel like I'm just praying in gook. But the, the reality is that I can feel the Holy Spirit building me up from the inside out. And it's this beautiful gift. The Holy Spirit is the great comforter. He lifts us up and we're in the depths of despair. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. He makes being a Christian exciting. It's the Holy Spirit that takes us on this great adventure. I sometimes, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, feel like I have a burning in my chest. It's like the goodness of God is in there, and it's, I'm, I'm struggling to contain it. It's like it just wants to get out. The Holy Spirit can speak to all of us through music, through creation, through his word, through dreams, through conversations with friends, through inspirational podcasts, through our tears and through our tantrums. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit that reminds us we're not alone, that God is always with us. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit that reminds us we're in a personal relationship with a God who knows us and loves us. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do what Jesus did. I couldn't survive being a Christian without the Holy Spirit. He is addictive in all the right ways. When I have a touch from God's Spirit, it just gets me going and it, and it spurs me on and excites me about life. And that's my prayer for all of us this morning, that we will have more of His presence and more of His power in our everyday life. There's a difference between having an encounter with the Spirit that happens once and being filled with the Spirit, which happens again and again and again. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. Over the years, there have been times where I felt God's Spirit in big supernatural ways, ways that I can't explain with logic. But more often than not, I feel His Spirit in small ways. And you have to listen and tune in. It's a gentle whisper. It's the reminder of a scripture. It's a song that really moves my heart. It's the right words to say to a friend when I'm praying for them. It's reading a scripture and the words just jump off the page. It's a burning in my chest to see his kingdom come. It's a peace that falls on me when I'm really anxious. And it's a nudge to step out in faith even when I feel frightened. More and more, it's not just the big moments of power that I enjoy, although they are awesome, but it's the small everyday moments of just learning to walk with his spirit that sustains me. 
So how do we get filled with the Spirit and how do we learn to walk with the Spirit? Well, I look around this church and I see some people fired up on the Holy Spirit and I think, what is it that they've got? And I want to get close to them because what they've got is contagious. And what they've got is hunger. They want more of Jesus. They want Him more than they want comfort, entertainment, technology, material things. That challenges me, but it inspires me. Luke 11 says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So there's a very interesting dynamic going on in this passage here between God's desire to pour out his Spirit and us playing an active part. He wants us to want him. We're supposed to be seeking and asking and knocking. We don't just have a passive role. We've got this part to play. So we need to ask. We've got to humble ourselves and we've got to come and we've got to ask again and again and again. I teach Pilates. I do almost exactly the same stretches week after week after week because we need to lengthen our muscles and we lengthen them and it feels great and then we go out into the world and life happens and we stiffen up and we come back and we have to lengthen our muscles again. And it's just the same with God's Spirit. We need to be getting filled with the Spirit daily. It's a daily practice. We need to seek to carve out time to have a devotional life, to listen to podcasts, to go to church, to go to conferences, to give Him space, to wait on Him. And we need to knock. We need to knock on the door of heaven. We need to cry out, worship, get down on our knees, get messy in front of God. You know, last night I went to bed, I set my alarm, but I, the last prayer I said was, God, if you want me up earlier, wake me up. <laughs> and that's a very dangerous prayer because then I woke up every hour overnight and I was like, oh, I'm awake again. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to pray. Obviously, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. And then what happened was I had an amazing dream and I was somewhere between awake and asleep. I was praying. I don't know if I was praying in my dream or I was awake and I was praying. But then I heard a bang, bang, bang. And in my dream, I thought, I don't know what that is, but it took a moment and then I realized, oh, it's the door. So I was like, okay. And I went and opened the door in my dream, not in real life. I'm still in bed. And it was Megan Squire. Are you here today, Megan? Oh, she's not. I'll have to tell her. And do you know what I thought? I thought, this is a word for Megan. Because here I am talking about asking, seeking, and knocking. And Megan is knocking on the door. And the thing that I wanted to say to Megan today was God sees her heart. She is constantly knocking on the door. She has a very lively prayer life. And I just love that he sees that. And he gave me that dream to encourage her this morning. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us these dreams. And so Megan's knocking on this door because she's got this hunger for Jesus. So I came this morning, I felt excited because I was like, I've got a gift for Megan this morning. Because when you get a word from the Holy Spirit, it's so exciting and it changes everything. 
So once we've hungered and humbled ourselves, then it's the habits that we create that help us walk in his spirit. And that's the hard part because making habits requires perseverance and discipline. If you think about the image of a sailboat, to be filled with the wind is not a passive experience, just like being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't a passive experience. We are actively involved in harnessing an external power. So I'm going to hand over now to two of the great saints in our church, first Chrissy Rowe and then Blair Applegate. And their passion and hunger for the Holy Spirit excites me and inspires me because these guys are doing the things that mean their sail is in the wind. They're catching the wind and there's heaps we can learn from them. So let's just have soft hearts and give Chrissy a welcome as she comes. For those of you who don't know Chrissy, she's come on board to help with the pastoral care, which is a huge blessing to me, and she is Amelia Badger's mum, so it's lovely having her. Thank you. What great teaching that was, wasn't it? It was amazing. Thank you, Jen. I love how um, the Lord says in uh, Joel, and again in Acts, how that he will pour out a spirit on all people. So that's not just some of us, that's all of us. So that is so encouraging for us this morning. Um, I want to share with you some experiences I've had in the Holy Spirit and some of my habits as well to uh, keep the Holy Spirit alive in my daily walk. So um, I, get, I guess I have been brought up. My, Christians, my parents became Christians when I was a baby. So I came to know God at a young age. But my first real experience that I remember real vividly I was 13 years old, and I was in the teen challenge rooms in Broadway and Palmerston North, and a dear lady, Shirley Wright, prayed for me to speak in tongues. And I remember that so much because it just, even though I was young, it just opened me up to more things of the Spirit. And, you know, when you first start speaking in tongues, it's kind of like a couple of few syllables, you know, abba-dabba or whatever it is. But, you know, it grows the more you do it. And I remember once, um, years ago, I was praying for a lady. I think she was a Chinese lady or Asian, some, something like that. And she said to me when I was praying for me, she said, you're speaking to me in my language. And I thought, whoa, God. You know, but that's what God does for us. You, there are different kinds of languages and tongues, and that is really exciting that God can do that for us. Now, I just... These on. Um, now I've had over the years. I mean, I'm you know I've had plenty of years to experience the Holy Spirit, but I've had some fairly dramatic encounters with Him, which has been really exciting. You know, the Holy Spirit is not boring at all, and I've run a few intercession groups over the years, and they've been pretty wild and crazy. I must say, I remember once um, we were praying in a leaders group. Uh, for, we were birthing something, you know, new in God. And I felt like I was going to have a baby. And I, so here was me. I mean, I did it in a group where I felt safe, okay? I felt safe. The peop- I trusted these people. Because here was me, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like we're having a baby for you women who know that about that. But at, 
this went on for a while, and at the end of that, I knew I had birthed something in the spirit. But I tell you, it was flipping exhausting, and really exhausting at the end of it, I, I was had it. Um, but that's what God can do. He's creative, you know? And that is like, well, but it's exciting as well. And then um, in the 90s, there was this move of the Spirit in Toronto. Um, it was the Toronto Blessing or Outpouring at the Airport Vineyard uh, Church. And our pastor at the time, Fraser Hardy, he went over there to experience this. And he was really moved by God and he brought it back to our church. And it was so exciting because we had people from all over the place coming to our church and carloads and we had meeting after meeting. And like people were shaking, people were crying, people were laughing. Uh, People were experiencing deliverance. Uh, The God was really moving. And, you know, and I did it all. And I'm naturally an introvert. Okay, so I thought, well, God, this must be you. Um, and I, but I looked for what that had done in my life, not just those signs of the outward, but God changed me. He changed me from this person who was, had a fear of me, people to a more confident person, and that grew over the years. There was also a time when I was in a small group, and I've I started, I had this urge to start writing on the carpet, but not with a pen, I might add. I was writing with my finger and I was going like this, and I thought, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Because it takes some courage to do things like that, you know? But, you know, I'd always had a passion for writing. And so I thought, well, God, this is something, you know, I thought there might be a book in me one day. And so I... You know, I just put that aside. Yes, Holy Spirit, you're doing something in that area. Then after my husband died, sometime after that, um, I did write a book. I wrote a book to help other people and it helped my own healing as well. And then, so there are lots of things that the Holy Spirit can do in our lives if we let him. And another time, I was given this, which I'll just show you, this prayer mat. And it had nothing on it. But, and I didn't feel to write anything on it straight away. But after my husband passed away, a little time after that, I felt this urge, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I just wanted to learn scripture. And so I just learned, and I learned, and I learned, and I thought, now's the time to write these verses down, which I did. And, you know, that was so great because God helped me in my grief to speak the word of God out. Now, I'll just share one last experience I've had, more recent, where um, I've been doing some writing to do with light and darkness. And I said to God, is this right? Am I on the right track? Just give me a sign of some sort. And one morning, I woke up to see all these little lights in my bedroom. They were all over the place like this. And they were like little stars, but they were very bright. And they would come and go. As one disappeared, another one came. And I thought, is this dust mites? What is this? But whatever it was, it didn't stop. It just kept going on and on. And I thought, well, God, this is you. I know it is. Because I've never seen anything like this. It was so mesmerizing. I couldn't take my eyes off it. 
It was so amazing. I thought, this is a sign. Thank you, Father. You, you heard my prayer. And, you know, I would have, could have stayed there for ages and ages, but my bladder, bladder was calling me to the bathroom. <laughs> but anyway, um, that was very cool. So God is a creative God, and he does nice and kind things for us. So in every day, just in everyday life, and I mean, these things don't happen to me every day, but in everyday life, you know, cultivating a life in the spirit, I speak in tongues off and on all day. So in the car, taking the kids, you know, if you're taking the kids to school, whatever you're doing, now I realise that I'm retired now and I've got more time. But over the years, I have also started to cultivate that in my life with the kids when they were little, you know, in busy teenage years. And so now I have got more time and I love it. Um, I was with my son in Auckland recently and we're taking the, I was with him taking the kids to school. And every morning the kids all pray in the car on the way to school. Uh, each one of them out loud. And he's got four kids. The youngest has just turned five. And I thought, this is awesome. They're learning and being trained to be confident prayers. And I just love that. I read the word of God every day. Um, I love the Spirit's presence. Um, so, you know, sometimes when I read the word of God, a verse will jump out or a few verses, and that will stay with me for the whole week or more. And I just keep coming back to that. And also, um, I love to sit and just be just to sit and be in God's presence. Sometimes I'll play a worship song. Sometimes I'll just sit in silence. He doesn't always speak. He doesn't have to always speak. But we can let him wash over us. I loved, loved, loved the song that, that Jen played and Gemma, you sang last Sunday night at prayer. Oh, my. It was no one ever cared for me like Jesus. And I've been singing that. I've been playing that this week, and I've sent it to so many people I know. Because it was just so beautiful. Thank you. Sometimes I sit at the piano and I worship God. Um, yeah, that's just, I love doing that. Sometimes a bit more aggressively if I'm warfaring about something. But also, I've got a couple of friends who don't live here, but we talk on the phone and we're asking each other, what's God saying to you this week? What are you listening to? You know, so we're accountable when we urge each other on. So you have to expect that you God is talking to you because what are you going to say, you know? And the other thing is that I ask Holy Spirit most days, who needs encouragement today, Lord? A text, a phone call, you know, it might be a verse or two, might be someone needs a visit. But I want to keep increasing my prophetic gifting and I want to encourage other people because I want to see people come into everything that they want in God. So I just love that. It just comes naturally now. Now, I know that living in the Spirit isn't always big, dramatic encounters with God, but it can be if you want it. Um, you have to let it happen. But as I've said, I've lived a lot of years now, so I've got plenty to share. Um, and, but it is fun, and God is fun, and he's creative. And I'm a totally different person now to what I was in my 20s, and I just thank God for that. And I still want more of his spirit. Until the day I die, I want more and more of him. I'll never make it, you know. But 
I want to encourage you today that you can have everything you want in the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you that if you don't speak in tongues or are open to the gifts of the Spirit, please come for prayer today. Please talk to somebody because it is. I'm, I, I sort of. I'm thinking that speaking in tongues is a lot more powerful than what we give it credit for. Sometimes, and that's from my perspective anyway. So I just want to encourage you to want more of the Holy Spirit. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was just so great. Thank you, Chrissy. Heaps to think about and heaps to be inspired by. Here's Blair. Thank you. Well, we're going we're gonna to start by going back 60 years. Now, there's a little boy who gave his heart to the Lord. I'm going to really try to keep it together today. So, and I was six years old. I had given my life to the Lord and I was baptized in the Waipara River. Fast forward to the age of 11. And I was in my bedroom in a house in Hastings, and I had the Lord, the Holy Spirit gave me a scripture. It's in Second Corinthians, I'm not going to give the scripture. Um, but part of the scripture said that I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. And I ran down the stairs and showed my mother, and the pastor's wife was there at the time, and just didn't fully understand it. But that's when it started. That's when really my heart pursued after God. I didn't know it because I was too young, too immature, but that's when the heart, my heart started to pursue his presence right back then. About sometime later, maybe a year later, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and received the heavenly language, speaking in tongues. My father prayed for me in our lounge, which was special. And I know that from, from that time to now, the Holy Spirit has held me at times when I would go away that he didn't want me to go. And that's probably the same for most of us. He's faithful to us. At 18 years of age, and a Winky Prattney, can anyone, does anyone know who Winky Prattney is? Hey, love it. This guy is so funny. Seriously, he is so funny. And um, that's when I really dedicated my life to Christ as an adult, when I said, Lord, I want to follow you. Fast forward to about when I was 50. A lot of stuff happened in that time. Of course, I had encounters with God, but at that time, the Lord, my heart was starting to hunger more. I was doing, I'm an A-type person, I do stuff. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? You've had all this time with me and you do not have a deep devotional life with me. You're drinking at another man's well. I want you to dig your own well. It was a game changer for me. And so I need to look at my notes now. <laughs> and so um, I decided to really sort my stuff out. And the scripture that I, I hold, I know it's one thing of I desire of the Lord, and this only will I seek after. Psalm 27, 4. And you'll have your scriptures that just anchor your soul. I'm sure you do. I know you do. They began to shape my spiritual life from then on, like one of my rule of life. Thank you, Sam. Bless you, Sam. I got serious to meet with my Lord and my King, this is when I began to experience his presence in a consistent way. It was like I had to be there. I had to, this was my time to meet the king. And I had to be there on time. I am an on-time person as well. <laughs> I, if I have an appointment with you, I'll be there. 
But it was just for me. It'll be different for for most of you. But for me, I had to be there. So I left meetings early to get to that time. I, I knew that if I didn't get to sleep, who wakes up going, yeah, ready to go, ready to go? I got everything ready. My Bible was there. I had a little room out the back in the house, or in, the, in the garage, and I got my Bible ready. And, and I sometimes, I'll talk about this later, like the things that I wanted to have sometimes would be a candle, heater. I don't, I don't do hot and cold. Like, I like to be neutral when I'm in my place with the Lord, so I'm not thinking about myself. Do you get what I mean? You know? Yeah. How did his presence affect me? Feelings of deep peace, feelings of favor, his love and his smile upon me. Many times with tears of repentance, correction, and discipline. Tears. <laughs> I, I had a season that brought deep feelings of intimacy with him where every day I would take communion alone with Jesus. I would ask him to cleanse me during these times. I would often get this feeling or sensation of washing over my head and down day after day after day. Not now, but then. It was a season. And he was, he was drawing me into intimacy. Oh, that is so beautiful. These times increased my desire for Jesus and his presence through the Holy Spirit. I began to engage with prayer. Seriously. I was crazy. Ask Jillian. She has to live with me. And when I do so, I get into it fully. So I start engaged with the Prehawks Bay, you know, old folks, and, um, and just really started to just get into it. And we had a, a retreat out at, um, in Havelock North for a young couple who I got to know well since then. And um, they had been with the 24-7 prayer movement over in Kansas City. And this young couple started talking about intimacy and prayer and praying scripture, about bridal love, spending time in his presence, enjoyable prayer. Isaiah 56, 7. I will give them joy in my house of prayer. This just broke me, <laughs> seriously. Broke me. I managed to keep it together for the session, then went to my bedroom and I, and I just wept. I wept. It was like God's call to me into a life of prayer and intimacy with Him. For many years, I've been doing things for Him, leading worship, leading youth groups, leading stuff, doing stuff. But He wanted me to be with Him. Jesus prayed, Father, that those you've given me, I want them to be with me where I am. The invitation for me is to be with him in the Godhead. He wants to, to, to us to experience that. It's, it's amazing. His call to intimacy. For a number of years, I met with a youth, young group of young people, 18 to 30-year-olds. Some were married. We met at that same lounge that we meet now for prayer. Something in that. When we meet now, waiting on his presence, times of worship and intercession for, for the church, his bride, for each other. And these young ones, they were hungry. They were hungry for more. They wanted me to, they wanted to meet every day, every day in the morning, do their devotionals together, and then go home. I said, guys, you're going to burn me. Like, seriously. And so we decided three days a week and we'd meet. We'd just come. No big deal. Put a little bit of music on. Just do our devotions and leave. No, nothing more than that. But it was one of the great joys of my life. They motivated me to keep my heart burning in this presence. So what I realize now in the secret place with him, that he wants me to carry this into this gathering, into the prayer meeting, into my small group, you know, wherever, whatever I'm doing. Um, not, it's not just for me. 
It's for you and for what you've got for me. Isn't, isn't that amazing? That's why we're called the body of Christ. A recent example of his presence was just last week in the prayer meeting, and Steve Bradley was talking about how we, how we share this, we you know, have this facility here and about the church, and, that, and he'd been talking to the principal, and um, he, he prayed for them, and I, I started praying for the kids or the, the church, um, sorry, the school, and the Holy Spirit just, just broke me. I, I just started to weep. If I hadn't been sitting down, I would have fallen down. It was just so strong. That's what a spirit of intercession, that's what the Holy Spirit is like. And he puts it on you. And as Chrissy said, you don't know why. You don't know why. Three weeks ago, I was having my devotional time, and the Holy Spirit brought someone to mind, as he often does. Um, and I just just text the word, the word that I had and a little prayer. And, and he came back and said that was just spot on, just absolutely spot on. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what we can do to, to grow the moving of the Spirit among us. I have a situation. Gillian's not here today because she's with her brother, and her brother was married to a girl called Tash, and um, um, she's in Blackpool in England suffering a very severe mental, um, mental situation. And she, she texts and messages Gillian every day, Gillie, help me, help me, pray for me, pray for me, every day. And Gillian's like, it's forcing her to find stuff. You know, she's like, give me this, give me this. <laughs> and so it, I didn't think about this really. I just went into the bedroom. I said, and we were talking a bit about it. And I said, darling, can you, can you just speak in tongues? And because I, I, I hear it, it's very private for her. And, she, and when she spoke, it just, oh, just broke me. And I realized that's that what the Holy Spirit uses for this this precious soul that needs. Often Sunday services, I'm crying in the practice, not just in the service. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> I love that he, he collects our tears in bottles. It's, just, it's not that he's got a lot of bottles of our tears. It's what they mean. It's what they mean to him. <laughs> he sees. He sees our tears. My question time in the devotion, during my devotional time is, Lord, what are you inviting me into today? Father, this is this lyrics of a song. It's awesome. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what motivates me to pray and to pursue his presence? Habakkuk 2.1. I will stand at my watch and station Myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. Not hear what he will say to me. Look with the eyes of my heart. There's a difference. I'm not preaching. I'll finish with this. The beauty of his presence fills me with insurance, an assurance that he is all I need. The beauty of his presence fills me with assurance that he is all I need. And to pray and seek after an ever-increasing desire to be known by him in the secret place. Bless you. Ah. Oh gosh, that was just such a treat. I feel like my heart is really full. And I feel like there is a beautiful invitation for those of us who want more of the Holy Spirit to get around the people who are buzzing with the Holy Spirit.
Spend time with Blair and Chrissy and Beth Tikiti and Ryan and Mike Moriarty and Sharon, the people that have the Holy Spirit just um, filled to overflowing, Bruce and Marley and so many others in our congregation. If you feel like you're dry, there are people here who can walk beside you and help you and inspire you because the Holy Spirit is so contagious. So let's stand to our feet now because we have space to just wait on God. He wants to meet with every single one of us. Remember, the Holy Spirit has revolutionized communication with God. He's with all of us. He's speaking to each of us. He knows our personal circumstances. He knows the state that we've come this morning. He knows the broken places. He knows the sad places. He knows the places that are overwhelmed. And he knows the places that bring us joy.